you have your Bibles, you can open up to Colossians chapter 3. And Paul is writing here, and um, Paul's main mission or, or ministry is um, primarily set with the Gentiles or those outside of the Jewish tradition. And, and Paul continues to bring the good news of Jesus Christ into the world, um, reminding the people of God's love, reminding the people of what Jesus Christ has done. Um, and a lot of what Paul faces is people coming and telling this, this group of people that, hey, you need to um, do what we do, and then you can be a part of this family. Or, hey, you need to be circumcised, and then you can be a part of this, this, this culture, this religion that we have. And Paul reminds them continually, no, we, we, must, we must focus on what brings us unity. Let's focus on Jesus Christ and what he has done, reminding us that our hope and our joy and our salvation comes from Christ and Christ alone. And so we get to chapter 3 here, and... Um, yeah, we see a little bit of, of the same message. And so let's uh, start. If you got your Bibles, again, we'll start at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thank- thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Heaven this morning. Heavenly Father, this morning, I come to you in awe, in awe of your love, in awe of who you are, in awe of the ability to gather with with one another and praise your name. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this love, and I thank you for um, this message this morning. I thank you for the example that Jesus Christ laid before us. Lord, this morning, would you open our hearts and our ears that we can have and and learn from, from your word, Lord Jesus, and take what you would have of us this morning. Would you let your words um, be spoken through me, Lord, and Jesus, remove my thoughts and my words this morning so your scripture and so your truth can be clearly known. Lord Jesus, we love and we thank you and ask, ask now that you be with us. In your name, amen. So we're going to dive right in with, with this uh, first verse that, that we read, and Paul's saying, hey, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And before we even get to this list, um, Paul's saying, hey, put on then or put on therefore, and he's coming back or he's reminding the Colossians of what he's just written, which comes in verses, oh, my page got turned, in verses 1 through 4, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And he goes on to talk about how our relationship and how it is through Christ Jesus that we find um, our peace, we find our rest, and so um, be, be mindful of what Jesus Christ has done. And because of that, would we then put on these things? Um, because of what Christ has done, would we clothe ourselves um, with, with the characteristics of God? And so before we even get into the relationship portion this morning, um, I want to start with how Paul starts. God's love. If we don't know God's love in our life, then we miss the message of Christianity. We miss the message of Jesus Christ. And, we, and we're slowed down and, and we lose the maturity that Christ is, is drawing in us. We need to be reminded of God's love for us. So I'm going to steal my son for a second. Yeah, he's going to keep this toy. He'll freak out on you. Um, a lot has changed in my life uh, since this little kid came about five months ago. 
Um, a lot has changed. And I remember the first time in the hospital, um, it was kind of a crazy story. We don't have time for it this morning. But I remember uh, I was clothed in this, I don't know what you even call them, scrubs, basically. And I walk into the room, and there's my boy. And they're like, do you want to hold him? I'm like, yeah. And I just grab it, and I just, I just get a hold of him. And that instant love that happens. Um, does anybody want to know why I love my son this morning? Any guesses? Hmm? Man, he's mine. Yeah, he's mine. It's the only reason because this is my son. And I love him because he is my son. And not because of what he's done, not because of his actions. In fact, I'm learning a lot of patience. Um, there's been a lot of sleepless nights, and I thank Abby for taking, taking on some of those with me. Um, but, man, I love this kid not because of what he's done, but because he's my son. Um, and he's going to know that, that daddy loves him as he grows older. Um, but he's also going to know that daddy's love isn't perfect, um, that daddy's love isn't enough. And so he's going to be able to learn and grow in the knowledge that God loves him as well. And God's love is perfect. God's love is pure. Um, and God's love is true. And so I'll give this back before he starts freaking out. Love you, buddy. Um, right, this idea that, that God's love is so true and real. Um, in Romans chapter 5, Scripture tells us that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Okay, the message of Christianity is that once you get your life fixed, then I will love you. No, no, no. I love you. Even while you were a sinner, I've died for you. 1 John 3.16 tells us that by this we know love, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Okay, this action, this, this deep um, and committed desire of God to love us and to show us that love through Jesus Christ on the cross. This morning, do you know that God loves you? There's an old, old song that I'm sure most of you know. It goes, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Such simple words, and yet such a, a song and a message that brings such impact and influence on the way we're called to live our life. God loves you. God loves you. And do we know that? Do we seek that? Do we hold true in that knowledge of God's love for us? And, we can, and then we continue on here. And so in knowledge of God's love, Paul says, put on therefore. Put on therefore. Because we know of this love, because we know of who God is, put on then as God's chosen ones. We're not going to get fully into that. If you want to get into election, you can go back a few weeks, a month, about a month ago. Rich talked about that. So we're not going to go into that, but take a moment that you are God's chosen ones. That God has chosen you. Again, not dependent upon what you've done, but rather because of his love. And so he's called us, and we are his chosen ones, holy and beloved. And we know of God's love, and at the same time, he calls us holy. Because when God views us, he views us now in the, in the life and in the death and through the cross of Jesus Christ. And through the cross, we've been called holy. Through the cross, we've been, we've been given new life. We've been given uh, freedom from our sin. And, and Jesus says, man, you are holy in me. First, uh, in, in John chapter 1, he's talking. He goes, some didn't receive me, but to those who did receive me, I've given the right to become children of God. And we are entered and, and brought into God's family, not based on my action, not based on, on something that I earned or, or grew in, but rather simply because God loved me. So in that love, would we put on, therefore, would we clothe ourselves with the characteristics of Jesus Christ? 
So this morning as we continue on, he goes, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Paul takes this idea of God's love and he, and he moves and he transitions it into a response or a call for us in our life. That we are called to reflect God's love. That as an outflow of God's love, we would then clothe ourselves with these characteristics of Jesus Christ. This notion that, that Paul brings is, is one that's a lot different than what the world will say. Jesus spoke about it um, 2,000 some years ago. We hear it in scripture. Um, and it's this idea that even as I've grown up, I've, I've kind of been taught this through my relationships with the world. That the world says, hey, it's an eye for an eye. It's an eye for an eye. Um, I mean, when someone gossips about you, what's the natural response? To gossip back. Okay, when someone, someone does something, the natural response is to return to them what they've given you. Um, just this last Thursday in, in our small group, a uh, little quick glimpse of this. We were um, studying and, and going through um, our book and um, our conversation, and my name, for some reason, kept getting brought up as an example. Um, they kept saying, man, man, my thoughts, and Doyle, he's such a jerk, or blah, blah, as, as, as an example, um, right, these aren't my actual thoughts toward me, but my name was brought up, and I didn't think anything of it, and I was like, okay, whatever, um, I can be used as an example, um, and then we get off, and we break off into just our guys, and um, it kind of gets brought up again, and all of a sudden, um, after we get done praying, the women are still going, and one of the guys comes up and goes, Derek, you better be careful, because you had our contention tonight, but Doyle, he gets the stage on Sunday. And so today, I actually didn't come up with another example to retaliate. But that's the thought that we would retaliate or we would give back what was given to us. And Paul's saying something different here. No, it's not based upon a relationship or the way that others treat us, but rather the way that we're called to move, the way that we're called to act, to be called to live, is a reflection and an outflow of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That as Jesus showed compassion, we would show compassion. As Jesus showed kindness, we would clothe ourselves with kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Because when we go through this list and, and we hear of, of, of the teachings of Scripture, we realize something. That we're not called to do this alone and we are called to be in relationship with other people. Um, when we go through this list, it's really hard for me to, to, to go off in, into the woods and, and live by myself and say, you know what, I'm, I'm the most humble person I know. Because I don't know anybody else, right? And this list becomes pretty absent really quickly when we begin to remove ourselves from the relationship or remove ourselves from a community of other people. Because we're called to be with others. Two weeks ago, Richard brought up the greatest commandment. Anybody know what the greatest commandment is? I'm hearing some mumbling, okay? Right, to love the Lord your God, Jesus has approached and he's asked, What's the greatest commandment, teacher? And Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Okay, Jesus has asked for one commandment, and he gives him this, um, but without further questioning, without further inquiry, Jesus also brings the second. Because he, he realizes it cannot be separated. Yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he goes, the second is much like it, that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. Greatest commandments, the two greatest commandments, to love God and to love people. And Jesus doesn't separate these things because it would be a whole lot easier to go off and, and just live with other people who knew Jesus and uh, maybe even separate completely. 
if all we had to do was love God and, and focus on our relationship with him. But Jesus brings something else, and we need to love people. We need to be in relationship with people. And as Christ's relationship would be put on, would be clothe ourselves with what he's given us or what he's shown us as an example. Compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, humility, patience. Because what Paul says next reminds us that this life and relationship isn't easy. It isn't smooth. It's difficult. I'm sure each of you have experienced that in your life. But we are called to bear with one another. We're called to bear with one another. And when a complaint arises, we're to forgive one another. For as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. When we talk about living in relationship and we talk about seeking after the example of Christ, again, it all stems from God's love and God's relationship and outpouring into our life. For Christ showed compassion, so we too must show compassion. For Christ forgave, so we too must forgive. It's going to be messy because we're dealing with other people who are broken and sinful. But it's a calling in our life to bring relationships. And if we want to seek healthy relationships, it starts with remembering God's love for us and then as an outflow, being a reflection of Jesus Christ in the lives of those around us. And then we get to this word for forgiving or forgiveness. I'm going to go on a little bit of a, of a sidetrack here. Because when I hear the word forgiveness, sometimes um, in the past it's been associated with guilt and shame in my life. Because I was told that I needed to forgive um, and I had a misunderstanding of what forgiveness meant. Because I believed that in forgiveness I was called to no matter what happened, to just push through, ignore, um, let it go, and just continue living. No matter, no matter the cost, no matter what it was, um, that I'm just called to, to just get through it, forget it, and have it out of my memory. Um, but when I think of forgiveness and I, and I look at the teachings of Christ, um, I find something a little bit different. For Jesus' message wasn't, hey, I've come, I love you, I've died, now it's all good. That wasn't Jesus' message. Jesus' message was repent and believe. Was turn from your old ways, turn from the ways of the world, and clothe yourselves with these characteristics of God as we're taught here in Paul. So when I think of forgiveness and I look at what Scripture brings about, I realize that forgiveness and repentance oftentimes go hand in hand. That forgiveness and repentance oftentimes go hand in hand. I'm going to go to a couple passages here to, to draw this out a little more. Um, Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says this, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. In other words, through, the, through what Jesus Christ has shown us, through his love and through his calling in our life, it should draw us to repentance. It should draw us to a relationship and maturity in Christ. That we would be drawn to, to, to put off our old self, as, as Paul says. And if we go back just a little bit in Colossians, he says, Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. But verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That through Christ's love and through Christ's work, we are being created and molded and matured into the image of Christ in our own lives. That we're continuing to grow and turn from the world's ways and, and, and seek after the things of Christ. A little bit later in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 
Paul brings another message here. He, he goes, uh, verse 10, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Through God's kindness, through God's love, through God's work in our life, we're drawn closer to him because we find a hope and a joy that can only come through Christ. And through seeking the things of God, we're brought life. And there's this act of repentance which brings salvation with no regret. But when we get caught up in what the world says, we get caught up in the world's lies. And he said, through the world's grief, or through the grief of the world, there is death. This relationship that we have with Christ is brought on through compassion and kindness and mercy and love. And Jesus Christ has died on the cross. And now we're called into action. We're called to repentance. We're called to have faith in Jesus Christ. For in Christ alone we can be saved. So we talk about forgiveness. We can also talk about this drawing of repentance. So if we want a healthy relationship in our life, when we show kindness to one another and patience with one another, this act of reconciliation begins to flow and redemption and, and, and repentance can occur. And through that, there is this idea of forgiveness, that we can be made new, that, that the bond or the weight of that sin or that broken relationship can be restored because there's a turning from the world and a, and a receiving and acting tur- turn toward God and his creation. Last one I'll bring up um, to, to get on and then we'll move on. Um, in, in Luke chapter 17, Jesus is, is talking about sin and temptation. In verses 3 and 4, this is what he says. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Man, forgiveness and repentance comes hand in hand. And we begin to form healthy relationships, we begin to act not according to what we've been given or received from someone here on this earth, but rather from the relationship and the example and the life of Jesus Christ and the relationship that he's showed us and given us. One that is compassionate, kind, humble, meek, and patient. That we can bear with one another because it's difficult. Because it's a challenge, but we would bear with one another, and in complaints that we would we would confess and we would gather together and we would forgive one another. Why? Because Jesus Christ has forgiven you. Because Jesus Christ has forgiven me. So therefore, we are called to forgive. Again, this is messy. This is difficult. This is a challenge. Um, this is a call that we have, a desire of God in our life, to love God and to love people, to be in the midst of a messy relationship, to be in the midst of, of people in our life. It's messy. So we come back to this verse, um, verses in, in Colossians, verse 14. Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's be reminded of God's love. Because our call is to be an outward reflection of that love. And so let us put on love, which binds it all together. In the verses that, that we heard um, when, when Tim read, it said, man, faith and, and, and mercy or grace, I don't remember the exact words, and love um, are given. And these three are great, but what is the greatest? Love. 
love is the greatest. For without love, man, we don't have we don't have hope. Without love, we don't have forgiveness. Without love, we don't have the cross. Because the cross is the example and, and the testimony and the witness of God's love for you and I. Without love, we have nothing. And so put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Put on love, which binds together everything in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ, the joy and the hope that Christ has given through the death on the cross and through the call to become a part of his family, let it dwell in your hearts. Let it be an outflow of our life because of what Christ has shown and given us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another. Would this not just be Doyle's word this morning? Would this not just be Richard's messages throughout the year? But would we seek as a congregation, as a community, and people in our life and relationship, seek the guidance and the knowledge of Scripture? Because in this book, we find peace. In this book, we have, we've had the promises and the joys and the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. So let's dive into this book together. Let's, let's be dedicated to, to know what God's word is for you and I. That we can follow and seek him and continue to mature as we imitate the life of Jesus Christ. It's a process. It continues. And we sing songs together with thankfulness in our hearts. And he ends it like this, and we're getting close to the end. He says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our actions, our call, the way we live our life shouldn't be based upon some outward flow or, or recept, uh, re- response to someone else's life or, or relationship with us, but rather everything we should do, everything that we say, should be an outflow and in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because we're called to be in relationship with God, first and foremost, to love God, but also to love people, to gather together into what we do, whatever it is, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That our actions, that our, that our calling in this life would reflect the name of Jesus. That when people look at us and look at our relationship and look at how we present ourselves and clothe ourselves, not just physically, but, but this spiritual idea of clothing ourselves in the characteristics of Christ, that we could be a witness for the love and for the peace and the joy and the forgiveness that can come only through Jesus Christ. It's messy, it's difficult, but it's a call in our life. It's a call in our life. This morning... Let's remember God's love for us. Remember the joy, the hope, and the peace that can come. And through that, would we clothe ourselves with love as well, which binds the rest of this conversation together. Because when we deal with people and we have relationships in our life, it gets messy really quick. And it's really easy to get caught up in this idea of giving an eye for an eye. Paul writes, put off the ways of the world and put on the characteristics of God that you would clothe yourself in the image of your creator, of your savior, Jesus Christ. This morning I'll end with with a couple simple questions. This morning, are we living as though we belong to this world? Are we living as though we belong to this world which brings death into our life? Or are we living as though we truly believe we belong to our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ? 
which brings change and hope and joy. Would we live as though we belong in the family of God? And because of this amazing love, we're called to go, to go live according to the way of Jesus, to live seeking to embrace and enfold ourselves with what Jesus Christ has shown us. Let us be imitators of Christ this morning. Not to gain favor, not to gain some sort of love in return, but rather because we have something amazing, the good news of Jesus Christ and his love is present and filled through Jesus would we be called to move. Through Jesus would we live as though we belong in Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, once again, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of you. And Lord, I'm also in awe of this call that you've called us to, Lord, that we could grow in our maturity of you. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would help us follow Paul's words here in Colossians, that we could put off our old self and the ways of this world and and earthly things in our life, Lord Jesus, and clothe ourselves in the name of Jesus Christ. That what we do and what we say would reflect the image and the example and the characteristics in which are shown and revealed through your son, Jesus Christ. Give us the strength and the passion and the desire to live for you, Lord Jesus. And above all, remind us of your love and allow us to close ourselves with that love as we deal with people in our day. Jesus, we thank you and we know that you love us. And so now would we go and would we have an outward flow in our life because of that love.